Listener supported. WNYC Studios. We bought a house together uh, a few years ago, and our tax accountant immediately was like, so you're getting married, right? It really was only when we got married that she felt safe and secure enough to make that leap. Odds are I will be solo and then just have friends, but friends don't help pay rent. From WNYC Studios, you're listening to Nancy. With your hosts, Tobin Lowe and Kathy Tu. This is Queer Money Matters, our series about how reaching financial milestones can be harder for queer people. Today, we're talking about marriage. We are, and Kathy... I just want to start by saying I know that you are all about maximizing your returns. Yes. I remember there was a time where you were always signing up for new credit cards because mm-hmm. then you get the miles and mm-hmm. then you get free trips and, like, you didn't pay for a flight for, like, five years. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> so I am curious, would you ever get married just for the financial benefits? Yes. You would? 1,000% Yes. Okay, so Kathy, what are the financial benefits? I'm actually not sure, so I made a call. Um, Liz, I'm going to start with having you introduce yourself, just who you are, what you do, that sort of thing. So, sure. My name is Elizabeth Schwartz. I'm an attorney and activist in Miami, very much focused on the LGBT community. Liz is a lawyer who worked on the case that brought marriage equality to Florida. I wanted to talk to her because she literally wrote the book on marriage benefits. It's called Before I Do, A Legal Guide to Marriage, Gay or Otherwise. I reached Liz at her office in Miami and had her run me through some of the biggest financial benefits to marriage. The ability to hand over property to our partners without having to pay gift tax. The ability to give inheritance at death without having to pay estate tax. Of course, there is a marriage bonus depending on your relative incomes. You can elect the higher Social Security benefits. It's much easier to establish parental rights. The immigration benefit is unbelievable. Let's say we get married and I want to give you half the house that was already in my name. There is no tax consequence associated with that. But if we're just in a relationship, like girlfriends, that's a taxable event because you're a legal stranger to me. There's, I think, 1,064 benefits that the General Accounting Office of the federal government counted that are associated with marriage. You know, so that's, of course, a lot, a lot, a lot. Finances, of course, are also tied up with a lot of emotions. And Liz says there can be emotional benefits that come with the financial protections of marriage. I'll just tell you personally, you know, my wife quit uh, her job at the Miami Herald. She was a journalist for 30 years, I guess, will always be a journalist, it's in her blood. But she wanted to take the leap and to write fiction and to get her a creative writing MFA. And even though we'd been together for whatever it was, 11 or 12 years before we got married, it really was only when we got married that she felt safe and secure enough to make that leap. It's like she really believed me when I said, I'm game to invest in this way, and I want us to do this, like, as a family. Okay, okay, wow, you have really convinced me. Marriage equality sounds like it's totally great for queer people. Like, we used to have this huge financial hit by not being able to get married, but now everything's solved, episode over, close it out, credits. No, not so fast, Tobin. 
It's true that we can get married now, which helped queer couples across the country. But there's also the anxiety of whether those marriage benefits will last. Aha. Because all around us, it seems like our rights keep getting chipped away. Like the religious exemption laws, where now it's okay for a baker to refuse to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. Or for a child welfare agency to refuse to place children in LGBT homes. It just seems like these laws and benefits are fragile. They can change very easily and very quickly. And that doesn't give much peace of mind. Right. And even if queer couples keep the right to marry, this might sound obvious, not all queer people want to get married. Not because they can't find a partner or just like being single, but because marriage is antithetical to their identity. People like Martha. My name is Martha. I work as a programmer, and my current job, I'm making games to help special education students. And I am on the gray, asexual, aromantic spectrum. When did you begin to identify that way? In high school for a while, I had sort of like jokingly referred to myself as asexual. But like I was just meaning it as a science term because like I didn't know that it was actually an identity. I just knew I wasn't really interested in people the same way other people were. But it wasn't until, like, sometime in college where I found out, like, no, that's an actual thing that people also use to identify. As somebody on the ace arrow spectrum, does your future look like you would ever have a partner like that, like a long-term partner to share financial burdens with? I'm open to the possibility, but it's not likely. So it's not really something I can plan on. Maybe I'll find someone else who's ace aero spectrum and has like similar interests but yeah odds are i will be solo and then just have friends but friends don't help pay rent or anything like that <laughs> um how would you describe your current financial situation so luckily i'm a programmer which is reasonably well paid yeah so that means I can survive living in Boston uh-huh. without having roommates, just barely. Like, <laughs> um, if I was making even slightly less per month, I probably would have to have roommates. What future financial issues worry you because you're a single-income household? The cost of a house and then the cost of upkeep, because I would like to own a house someday, not necessarily for the house, but for the yard, because I really like gardening, and I would like to have a space where I could plant an apple tree and then down the line be getting apples from it and, like, having that sort of stability and being able to work on, like, a really nice garden with a lot of, like, plants that grow back every year and everything. And I'm also sort of interested in potentially fostering kids especially, like, middle school or teenagers, stuff like that. Oh, my Um, God, bless you. (laughs) Bless you. I'd like to be able to do that at some point. But once again, like, the cost of that, especially if I also want to have a house, like, yeah, they do, like, if you foster, you get, like, a little bit of money to help out. But it's like I want to be able to spend the money to give any kids, like, the best opportunity they could have. Have you thought any about what your life would be like or your future would be like if you were to get married? Uh, living spaces would be so much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably gain some student debt to deal with because I'm 
unusual and that I don't have any, but I'd also, you know, have a second income and things would get so much more affordable. And also just like the stability of having someone like that is sort of nice, but at the same time, it's like, in some ways, it's sort of like I can set things up however I want that works with like my anxieties or where I'm nervous about things. On the downside, I have less money to allocate to those things, but like I can allocate it how I want and I don't have to worry about someone else's opinions on how to allocate that money. How does that stack up against your wanting like your house with like the tree and that sort of thing? It's hard because, <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky. Having my own control is nice, but yeah, I'd really like that house and an apple tree. <laughs> but it's also like I'm not going to marry someone just because like I want an apple tree in a yard. So it's sort of like I have to figure out how to work within what I have and what I am. But what if marriage is an option for you, and you've even got a partner you love and share your home with, but you just reject the whole institution of marriage? That's coming up after the break. You're listening to Nancy. When we put out our call for stories about your queer money fears, a lot of you told us you don't even know where to start. When it comes to money and planning a wedding and setting aside finances for that and what that all looks like in the future, I just feel very lost. Figuring out how to plan your money future is hard, but you don't have to do it on your own. All week long over in our Facebook group, we're sharing stories and trading advice about our queer money fears. Today, we're talking about marriage, the dollar benefits to getting married, and how you're thinking about your financial future if marriage isn't part of it. Join in the discussion by searching for Friends of Nancy on Facebook or by visiting nancypodcast.org slash Facebook. Each election season, political memoirs abound, doorstops that sometimes divulge more than intended. No matter how diligently they present themselves in the most electable light, they always reveal themselves. Their insecurities, their fears, their ambitions. How to read a Politico on this week's On the Media from WNYC. Find On the Media wherever you get your podcasts. Marriage equality was helpful for so many queer couples' bottom lines. A way for them to say, yes, we belong in this society and deserve the same tax benefits and financial help that straight people get. But for some people, accepting those benefits means giving up something even more important. Hi, I'm Kai Wright, and uh, I work here at WNYC. And you're a friend of the show. And a friend of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Kai, how long have you and your partner been together? Well, let's see. Something like 13 years. There's a little grayness around when exactly the dating started and the just oh. doing it stopped. <laughs> um, uh, but a long time, 13, 14 years. And um, are you and your partner married? We are not. We are definitely not married. And why not? Because uh, marriage means very little to either of us, first off. I don't know. I mean, we both come from broken families or 
parents were both divorced many times. So maybe that's part of it. But like, I don't care about marriage and he doesn't care about marriage. And, you know, not being part of the married world is something that like feels good to me as a gay man. Like, I don't want to be part of those institutions. I like the idea that my relationship has nothing to do with the church or the state. You know, what does like an institution like that have to offer my love that is a form of love that felt and still to me feels radical and feels like it's challenging society and that's part of its joy? Why wouldn't I then join something that made it less radical? Well, I guess... I guess people would argue that there's certain rights that come with marriage that would be really helpful to have. Indeed. And I, I should say that I have officiated two weddings. <laughs> um, you are a great officiator, I can tell. I think I did a pretty good yeah. job, you know. Um, and I have been present at a great many weddings, both gay and straight, and I have loved them. And I know people who feel totally opposite of me and desperately, like, needed their marriage and wanted their marriage. And God bless them, and I support it. And they absolutely should have that right. Totally agree. If they're going to give this right out, we deserve it too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just don't know that, like, that's the—like, I'd rather just, like, not give the right out to anybody. Well, so what about financial benefits? Have you thought about how much you've, I don't know, lost or <laughs> don't have from not being married? I quite actively don't think about it. <laughs> um, it is a very willful thing in our family, both me and and my partner— just really avoid this subject. And in fact, we bought a house together uh, a few years ago and our tax accountant, the guy that, that sounds fancier than it is, the dude that does our taxes, <laughs> um, immediately was like, so you're getting married, right? When we filed our taxes the next year, we were like, no, what are you talking about? We're not getting married. Why would we do that? And he continues to be like, you're going to get married soon, right? Because apparently we're giving up money. I literally don't even know. I have no idea how it works. Back during this debate, I remember there was all of this sort of calculating of like, what are all the benefits and privileges that queer couples lost, that same-sex couples lost from not being married? And I remember those numbers being large. And that's a scary idea, <laughs> you know? Would you ever ask that guy? Would you ever ask your tax accountant, like, how much am I actually not getting back? Well, we're actually, you know, so now I've reached a certain age where uh, one thinks more actively about one's finances uh -huh. uh, and the future ahead, yeah. things like retirement. And so my partner and I have begun talking about this, like, what's the future of our money together? And we're going to meet with a financial advisor here shortly uh, who's going to talk to us about what's going on in our lives. And we're both kind of bracing to hear, you know, you guys really should get married. And if you don't, <laughs> really. And, and I don't know, like, what is the number at which I say, what is the number? I don't know what my number, I, and, and I'll say that I probably do have a number, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cause I don't, I don't want it. I don't believe in it, but like, not so much so that I would like actively hurt myself. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I feel like I could get married and just lie about it and, like, tell nobody that I'm married or something like that, you know, <laughs> if the number was large enough. So Kai has a tipping point somewhere in his head. Nancy listeners, do you relate? We want to hear from you. What are your thoughts on marriage? If you got married, did it help or hurt your financial situation? Let us know by heading to nancypodcast.org slash money. And next time on the show. My biggest concern right now is just saving up and budgeting and making sure that I really do have enough money 
to uh, have this surgery. There are a lot of moving pieces that I have to orchestrate. We're talking about health care and the lengths that trans people have to take to get the care they need and the money to pay for it. That's coming up next on Nancy's Queer Money Matters. That's our show. It's credits time. Our producers, Isabel Angel and Alice Wilder. Production fellow, Temi Fagbenlay. Editor, Stephanie Joyce. Sound designer, Jeremy Bloom and Jared Paul. Executive producer, Paula Schumann. Special thanks to Teague, who contributed music to this episode. I'm Topin Lowe. I'm Kathy Tu. And Nancy is a production of WNYC Studios. <laughs> <laughs> 